Good evening and welcome to the Hills Cast. I am your host for this episode, Kevin, joined with my other companions, uh, B, Tom, and uh, Holes. Yeah, I'm here this week. I wasn't here last week, so I'm here now. (laughs) Good job. Um, Thanks. (laughs) So for this episode, we decided to move into a new studio. So for this one, we are at the frat house in my basement. Um... So, for this episode, we're going to start talking about our top 15 wide receivers. Um, and then moving on to next week, we're going to talk about the 16 to 30 wide receivers. Um, so, to open up this episode, I thought it'd be fun to have us go in a circle and talk about basically our favorite wide receiver or duo, wide receiver duo, you've had since playing fantasy. Um my first example that I thought of was back in 2014. I had Antonio Brown and Jordy Nelson. Those are a pretty good duo, I thought, in my, in my, my opinion. They're wide receiver one and wide receiver two in a non-PPR format. They averaged 15.7 and 14.4 points per game. Um, B, did you have a person you had in mind? Well, yeah. Uh, my favorite... Fantasy player of all time was between two players. It was between Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. And I had to go with Antonio Brown because he was there when I beat Tom in the championship of Man's League. He single-handedly basically brought me back into the game. I remember it very vividly that Tom was up by a pretty good amount in the 3 o'clock games on that Sunday. Uh, He had... It was a Steelers versus Saints game. Yeah, had, I, I think Michael Thomas caught a, a touchdown in like a, in the late fourth quarter, and I was like, I was at work watching on my phone. I was like, dude, this game is bag. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I, I checked a little later, and uh, that was not the case. Yeah, Tom had Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Juju in that game, while, while I had Antonio Brown and Jalen Samuels. And uh, Tom was up pretty big, but then Antonio Brown just decided to go completely off in the second half and ended up with 30.5 points in standard scoring. He would have had 45 points in PPR scoring. So I just have to thank him for giving me my only championship in fantasy football. Did you screenshot it from that year? Yeah, I still have it. (laughs) Memories, dude. (laughs) All right, Tom, did you have a favorite player or favorite duo from your years of playing fantasy? Yeah, my favorite duo actually came last year um, in my first ever uh, dynasty year. Um, in my startup draft, I drafted Chris Godwin and AJ Brown. Um, I, you know, I really didn't know who AJ Brown was coming into the season. I knew he was a high potential rookie, but I did not have any expectation for him the way that he played out. Um, so my draft strategy going into that startup was pretty terrible. Looking back, I took Zeke first, um, in the first round. And then I took back-to-back running backs in rounds two and three. I took DJ and Melvin. Um, who really are hitting like a 30-year-old plateau, um, changing teams, and it, it did not work out well for me. Um, so my wide receiver one coming out of the draft is Robert Woods. Um, so if it weren't for my two boys in Godwin and A.J. Brown, um, my my receiving core in that league would not be one of the best in the league like it is now. So they were just super fun to watch, and those are my two my two young young guys that I'm really looking forward to. All right, Holes, you are basically the youngest guy in the group uh, for fantasy. You've been playing for about three years. Is this your fourth year? Yeah, this will be my fourth year. Okay. Um, and your three years, did you have a favorite duo or a favorite player? Um, I guess the obvious boring answers would be, obviously, Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson. got them both last year, but I'm not going to pick them. I think I had, my first year playing, um, I didn't really know much about Fantasy, I watched football for like maybe one or two years before it, not paying attention too much. But I uh, I think I had the fifth pick my first ever in the first round of my first ever fantasy league. And I uh, I was told that Michael Thomas is pretty good. So I went for Michael Thomas. There you go. And I got Michael Thomas. But then this year, um, just a middle line but boomer bust kind of player I thought was really fun to try to keep up and see if he can give me a nice boost in the week was uh, Mike Evans. I didn't have Chris Godwin, um, but Mike Evans uh, was either obviously good or bad throughout the week. Um, and his first two games last season, he was he was sick. He had the flu, um, and he kind of died the whole comeback from diversity thing. Fighting with Godwin was really fun. 
um, to see how it played out. So I guess I like how Holes managed to name the top quarterback, running back, and wide receiver from last year for his yeah. favorite players. I saw <laughs> the boring. I said the boring <laughs> answers were Christian McCaffrey and Lamar. Yeah. You can't not like to see them play, but uh, like Evans, I guess will be my real answer. Good picks though. All right. Yeah, I would <laughs> hope so. All right. Um, so I guess we can move on to. Um, Basically, our top 15 wide receivers. So, we did it the same way as we did last week. So, we each picked our top 15. Then we um, figured out a consensus. And then, basically, what we're going to do is go down the list of 15. Um, we're going to try to slow down and not talk too much about each player. Um, we're basically going to talk about those that are um, more hot players, um, highly debatable, arguable players. Um, that way, each, each person can... Um, get to have their say and argue as to why they put them in that certain ranking. So to start off, we had number one across the board. We all had Michael Thomas. Not much to debate about there. Um, he's in a powerful offense, great quarterback. It's a lot of targets, a lot of volume. Um, he's young, too. I think he's 27 years old. 27, yeah. Um, did anybody else have anything else to say about Michael Thomas? Uh, nothing crazy, just his little stat line here, just – Obviously, he only missed one game last year. He had 16 games, 186 targets. That's like about 11.6 per game, 100-plus receiving yards a game. Not much else you can say about Michael Thomas. It's amazing player. I, I just think he's the safest pick. He just signed a new contract. He's he's locked up there in New Orleans. Uh, can't go wrong with Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Easy number one pick, Michael Thomas. Enough said. Do you guys think Emmanuel Sanders are cutting his volume? Not enough for me to, to consider him the not number one pick. Right. Yeah. Catches too many balls, doesn't miss anything thrown at him. Yeah. He's a beast. You got true still rocking with him, so I agree. Okay, so then moving on <clears throat> to number two, it was actually a tie between Tyree Hill and Devontae Adams. Um, B and Holes had Ty Hill at two, while Tom and I had him at three. And then for Devontae Adams, it was vice versa. Uh, Holes and B had him at three, while me and Tom had him at two. So for this one, we figured we would have B and Holes discuss as to why they had Tyree Kill at two, um, and then we would possibly rebuttal um, their stats or their reasoning, and then we'd move on to Devontae Adams. Yeah, so I'll take the lead on this. Uh, I like Tyree Kill more than Devontae Adams for one reason, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is locked up there in Kansas City for 10 years now, and uh, Devontae Adams has old man Rodgers for who knows how long over there in, in Green Bay. Uh, but Tyreek Hill did struggle with uh, injuries last year, but when he when he's healthy, he, w- he was still on pace for, uh, you know, double-digit touchdowns over 1,100 yards last year through 12 games. And then uh, he did he did comment on first take, actually, talking about Dynasty. I know his, uh, his contract's going to be coming up in a, in a couple years, but I don't see him leaving Kansas City. But he said... Why not seven rings? And, of course, Tom Brady had to come in there and give a little jab to him and say, yeah, why not seven? But I think Tyreek's there to stay, and he's going to be in the best offense for uh, a little while now. Yeah, uh, the biggest thing there is Patrick Mahomes. Is, that's his that's his main guy besides Travis Kelsey. But um, he's number two, in our opinion, because he can just can score for you. He can make points. But he can be on fire. He can also have those disappearing games where he doesn't score. But – he will average around 10 points for you, um, even in his off games. Um, he was ranked wide receiver 30 last year in 12 games, but due to, like you said, his injuries and Patrick Mahomes being injured, his knee injury, um, he had 88 targets, 7.3 per game, 48 receptions, about 4.8 per game, 6 in the NFL. Um, he had 7 total touchdowns and 4 red zone receptions, um, but he's not going to just be sitting in the end zone for Patty. He's going to be running on streaks and fades, and he's going to have to make something happen um, off the jump of the line. Um, he's a smaller guy, and that's where Patrick is going to probably – Patrick, that's where uh, Patty Mahomes is going to yeah. – um, That's where he's going to – Yeah, we're best friends. Follow him on Instagram. Holbrook bestie Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Um, if he's going to – if he's not going to be waiting in the end zone, obviously he's going to have to get that on the routes, and if he doesn't, it's going to go to most likely Travis Kelsey – um, winning the end zone, but that's where up to that red zone, that's where he's going to be hottest, and that's why I like Tyreek. 
Any rebuttal, Tom, about that, or should we just move on to Devontae Adams and just state as to why we had him at number two? Okay, yeah. so no rebuttals um, on my end, really, for Ty Hill. Um, he's a year younger than Adams. Um, obviously has a super high floor, playing in the best offense in football for what should be the next decade. Um, so Adams and Ty Hill were really a coin flip for me at two and three. Um, but I did put Adams at two um, for a couple reasons. Primarily his, his really high floor. Um, in the first three weeks in the new offense with Matt LaFleur, he really struggled to find his groove. Um, but after he dealt with his injury, his terrible turf toe, um, which got him out up until week nine, from week nine through the conference championship game, which is really how I think we're going to see Adams utilized in this offense, his stat line was 11 targets, eight receptions, about 100 yards, and seven total touchdowns. That's good for 18.2 half-point PPR points per game. To put that in perspective, Michael Thomas, in his crazy season last year, averaged 18.8 half-point PPR points per game. So Adams obviously just has the potential to reach astronomical week-over-week numbers. Um, he's a consistent bet to, to see 30 35% of the red zone targets. Uh, last year, he had 40.4% of the red zone target share, which I really love to see in my receivers. Um, so that's one of the reasons I had him over Ty Hill. Um, the situation is not as sweet in Green Bay, obviously, um, with Rodgers. You know, who knows what's going to go on with him. He is He's a year older than Ty Hill, um, but I'm just going to take the floor and the week-over-week consistency in my number two in Adams. Um, yeah, basically, just to follow up on you, I just, I'm not a big fan of the inconsistency of Tyreek Hill because he's kind of the player who could win you a game, but he could also lose you a game. Um, also, following on with what you were talking about, uh, Devontae Adams and his targets. That's what really appealed to me was the amount of targets he gets. Um, last year he played um, 12 games, but he averaged 10.6 targets per game. So if you uh, put that into perspective with the entire league, he's actually number two in average targets per game right behind Michael Thomas. Um, also, uh, situation-wise, it's I think it's pretty positive in Green Bay. With De- uh, Devin Funches opting out, not that Devin Funches is really an elite wide receiver or anything, obviously, um, but still, he's an easy wide receiver one with a very talented quarterback. I think Rodgers is still pretty talented. Um, also, they have a pretty uh, top-notch offensive line. They were uh, number, I think they were number ten in pass block uh, efficiency in 2019. I could be wrong on that. So it's that's one positive about Devontae Adams that I like. Um, I think he has a very very high ceiling. And I also think that he has the potential to be top two in wide receiver targets for 2020. Um, I see him being possible wide receiver one with the lowest finish of wide receiver six. Moving on, we had number four, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, for DeAndre Hopkins, we had B having him at four, Holes having him at four, Tom having him at five, and then myself having him at four. Um, I know Holes said he wanted to talk a little bit about DeAndre Hopkins as to why he had him on that number uh, four. Yeah, uh, DeAndre is obviously an amazing player. You're not going to have him less than your seventh spot at most, but he's 27. Um, it's still young for his age, but in the NFL, there's still a lot younger people. But uh, in his 2019 season, he was wide receiver five. He had 150 targets, uh, which is about 10 per game, 104 Re- uh, receptions, uh, which is second in the NFL, 1,000-plus receiving yards, seven touchdowns, seven red zone receptions. Um, what we really know is that he switched teams. These are all stats from Texans. We don't know exactly how he's going to play um, in Arizona. We just know that he's he's going to get the share. He's going to get the ball. Um, he was he was great before on the Texans. He's going to be great now. Um, but well, it's going to turn, turn out like OBJ going over to the Browns, kind of being a bust, people expecting high things from him. Um, we don't know how his chemistry is going to be with Kyler, uh, but he has been great with every QB in the past, like Brock, Osw- Brock Osweiler, TJ Yates, and obviously the best being Deshaun Watson. Um, Kyler's, people have argued that he's going to probably be better than Deshaun Watson. Um, that's another whole argument, but um, the bottom line is DeAndre Hopkins, he's an amazing player. He's going to make plays. He's going to score you points. Um, I can see him as that Michael Thomas type role in Arizona, but he, it could possibly fall. It could, his, uh, his points could possibly fall off um, from Bingham, Texans to Arizona. We don't know. We, just the season's going to have to play out and see how it goes. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I have to say about DeAndre. Cool. So I was actually, uh, I want to 
mention a little something here. I was the lowest on DeAndre, the only one that had him at five. Um, there is no doubting the talent of DeAndre. Um, the ceiling on his targets. He's gotten over 150 of them in the last three seasons, um, which is just huge. He's probably going to see a little bit lower there um, because Kyler's going to run the ball a little more. Um, Arizona does run a couple more pass plays um, than Houston did, but I think Kyler's going to take a little bit of that running. Um, but some things do kind of worry me um, about DeAndre. Um, from week 10 to the end of the regular season, which is when they got Kenyon Drake last year, uh, Kyler ranked 27th in passing attempts per game. Um, so he did see a huge downtrend in the amount of times that he's able to pass the ball um, over the period that they got a decent running back. Um, he has had some really nice production, though, in terms of red zone and 10 zone. Um, he was down around uh, 20% red zone and 10 zone share last year, um, but typically he was up around 35 to 40% um, in years 2018 and 2017. So he does get targeted in the red zone and 10 zone. Um, but the biggest thing that turned me off about him was just the history about receivers that transfer to a new team. Um, since 2010, out of receivers that were top 48 in ADP that transferred to a new team, only 31% of them saw an increase in fantasy points in the following year. Um, so my verdict is I do not see DeAndre being one of those 31%. I think he's going to take a little hit this year with kind of an uncertain situation, um, but should be good long-term. So I had him as my number five behind Gavin. Yeah, um, another negative thing I was going to say, which is why he's pretty low. Not low, but he's lower than some receivers. Um, I agree. He's going to take a hit, um, especially, like you said, if Kyler is going to be scrambling, moving, running. There's going to be maybe plays designed just for Kyler. Um, Kenny and Drake coming in at the end of the season, um, he's doing, he did amazing things there. Uh, that could also play in the fact that they're going to say they have ability to run more so than they even did last season, the year before that. Um, but... Yes, he's going to take a dip, but DeAndre seems to be, yes, they have Christian Kirk, but I don't think he's going to do too much, especially with DeAndre. He's going to get the target volume. Um, but, yeah, the biggest concern is the run um, adaption now. I think he's going to have the most, in my opinion. So to follow up on holes, I wanted to mention one negative thing that kind of put me off on DeAndre Hopkins um, was the fact that with DeAndre having to play the 49ers, Seattle Seahawks, and um, uh, Rams. the Rams, yes, uh, twice a year. So that puts him against Jalen Ramsey once again twice uh, twice a year, along with Richard Sherman twice a year. When uh, DeAndre Hopkins is matched up against Jalen Ramsey, he averages six and a half receptions and 77 yards. Not terrible, but not amazing for a person of his superstar uh, capacity. Um, I couldn't find any stats on Sherman and Hopkins, but it's just a note that I thought of that uh, he's going to have some tough defenses to play. Uh, multiple times a season. Yeah, I don't really have anything bad to say about Hopkins. The only thing is, I know he was Deshaun's favorite uh, target, getting 150 targets in each of the last five seasons, kind of unheard of there. I don't really see him getting to that number this year with Kyler, so that's kind of the only uh, question mark with DeAndre, but uh, I I still think he's going to put up great numbers in, in Arizona. Yeah, I didn't think about the conference. <laughs> One small side note before we move forward. DeAndre is the oldest out of our consensus top 15, right. 28 years old. Yeah. Um, the second oldest, I'm sorry, Julio is 31. DeAndre is coming in at 28, so just something to keep an eye on. Yeah. So coming up next, we have number five, Chris Godwin. For this one, it was pretty similar across the board. We had B having him at five, Holes at five, Tom at four, and then me at six. Um I didn't have anything special really to comment on about Chris Godwin. Did any of you guys have anything you wanted to mention? Yeah. Uh, well, I think he's he's only 24 years old. Right. I know his, his contract's ending this year, but I don't see him leaving Tampa. Um, he had 121 targets last year. It's a very uh, safe floor there and finished second in, in half-point PPR. And then I was looking at uh, Julian Edelman, actually, and he would average about 150 targets a season with Brady. And I'm just imagining Godwin as a, a much younger and more athletic version of Julian Edelman. Uh, so I think Godwin's going to become the, the favorite uh, receiver in Tampa over Mike Evans. So I think Godwin is definitely a top five for Dynasty just because of that with with Brady being there the next two years. He's not going to go uh, downfield as much with Mike Evans being that deep threat. So I think Godwin's in a, in a perfect situation right now. Yeah, um, I was going to say something similar, but uh, he 
finished wide receiver two last year, which is awesome in 14 games. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a brand new team for Brady. Um, he's obviously not going to sling it all the way down the field like James did, whether he's overthrowing or throwing out of bounds, regardless, his body can't take that. But Godwin playing that slot role like Edelman did, he's going to, I think, like you said, he's going to be his, his favorite guy. I don't see him going way too, Mike, Mike Evans is going to get his share, but Godwin's going to be like his number one dude, and that's why he's so high up for me, man. Um, I would just like to say the 150 targets was last year. No, just like when it's like a 16 game pace for Julian Edelman because he's had a lot of uh, injuries and not played full 16 games, but he was uh, pretty much on pace for 150 targets for about the, like the last uh, four years with Brady. Um, I just don't see Godwin. I don't see Brady really having a favorite receiver next year because um, there's so much talent on that offense. They're going to have Rob Gronkowski coming back. They have chemistry. Obviously, he's going to get a large chunk of that those targets. Um, Mike Evans is going to get a large chunk as well, and Godwin. Um, I'm not against Godwin. I still like him. Yeah. Um, one thing I did kind of want to, one thing I did want to keep in mind was that he is a free agent after this season. So the Bucks are estimated to have 14 million dollars in cap space. They have to sign um, next year Shaquille Barrett, who's going to be really expensive. And if Gronk wants to stay another year, they'll have to resign Gronk. Um, so unless there's some kind of cap space that's cleared, um, honestly, I don't see Godwin staying in Tampa Bay next year because his projected salary, I saw this on, I think it was, I forgot what website I saw it on, but the, his projected annual salary for next next offseason is $16.8 million. So I don't see them uh, resigning Godwin. Um, not that it's a negative thing. He can still go on a great team and still be good. But I, I see him only having Brady for one year. I was, uh, so I was pretty high on Godwin here. Um, I actually really like his situation, um, with Brady coming in. Um, I think last year he obviously showed us his ceiling, um, as a top three receiver, in my opinion, in a system that he did not fit that well in. I think Arians kind of like to air the ball out and we know Jameis got a little wild with his tendencies. Um, so I think Brady's really going to come in, kind of manage the game a little better, tone it down, like we said like we mentioned earlier, uh, he liked to use Edelman in that kind of short over-the-middle role. Um, I pulled some stats on deep targets last year off the Bucks. Um, Godwin, his his uh, deep ball target percentage was pretty low, 14.9%, uh, um, which is a whole 8% lower than Evans. Um, so Evans stride a lot on those deep targets from Jameis. Um, I don't think he's going to get as many of those options with uh, Brady, and I think a lot of those are going to go to Godwin. Um, another really interesting thing that I pulled here um, was that Godwin's average depth of target ranked 49th in the league. Um, so he was by no means far down the field um, on average when he's getting targeted. Uh, but he ranked fourth in average yards per target. Um, so that's the make of a receiver that doesn't need to get far down the field to make the most of his receptions. Um, I think he really made the most of his opportunities and really is going to strive with Brady. Uh, two years younger than Evans, I think the Bucks got a no-brainer here in a re-signed decision. He's their most talented player um, on the team, in my opinion. Um, he's got so much young potential. I love Godwin and his situation over uh, Hopkins. All right. Um, so moving on, uh, we have Cooper at number six. So for this one, we had B ranking him at six, Holes ranking him at six, Tom a little bit lower at eight, and then me actually the lowest at ten. Um did anybody want to start off as to why they have Cooper? Um, uh, you want yeah, to I'll, I'll, I'll start off with Cooper. Um, so the reason why I like Cooper a lot is because I feel like he's one of the most safe picks in Dynasty right now. He's only 26 years old. He just signed that five-year, $100 million contract with Dallas, and Dallas has shown interest in, in keeping Dak, even though they're uh, just giving him the franchise tag, but just because Dak's not agreeing. But I think they'll keep Dak around, I think, Cooper with Dak for the next five, if Dak signs for the next five years is as safe as it comes in the league. Uh, I think the emergence of, of Gallup as a number two option actually helps Cooper, uh, getting a little bit of the uh, attention away from him, opening up space for him. And uh, the biggest uh, problem with Cooper last year was his home road splits. He averaged over 100 yards at home and 40 yards on the road. Um, I just think... The home numbers are going to be pretty consistent because Dallas has shown with Dak and, and Zeke that they they are uh, a really good offense at home. But I don't expect those numbers on the road to be uh, that bad. 
they were just pretty terrible on the road last year. And I just think that with Dak being good, being uh, a good quarterback, I think uh, those numbers come up. And I think just Cooper is just a really safe safe pick here at number six. Um, so for me, I had him actually the lowest. And the reason why I have him at 10 is because Kyle J actually noted something that basically, I know Kyle has a oh, man. good fact here. If you like Amari Cooper anywhere in your rankings, you should have Michael Gallup right beside him. Reasons for that is because based off 2019 stats, Cooper had 1,189 yards, Gallup had 1,107 yards. Touchdowns, Cooper 8, Gallup 6. Receptions, Cooper 79, Gallup 66. Um, targets were pretty similar. Snap count, both 75%. Um, one thing to note is that Gallup also played two less games. So, in my eyes, I think Amari Cooper is slightly overranked. Um, I don't think he's a bad receiver. I think he's good. I also think that with CeeDee Lamb coming into the picture this year, it's also going to cut down his target share. Um, I just like drafting Michael Gallup in a later round as more of a steal pick over Amari Cooper. That's why I have some other people ranked higher than Cooper. Uh, I would just say, uh, to rebut that with the comparison between Cooper and Gallup, is uh, Cooper in the first half of the season was was on pace to have a monstrous year, and then he fell off towards the end because he was battling injury, and then that's when Gallup really uh, hit his stride and and got his numbers to kind of get even with, with Cooper there. Um, you said he played two less games. I remember Cooper actually came in for one drive in one of those games, and then he didn't play for the rest of the game. So they kind of, for that, they uh, played pretty pretty much the same amount of games. I just think Cooper is proven to be, you know, he's a vet uh, wide receiver that's proven himself in this league, and I just think he, he has a lot uh, a lot left in the tank. I, uh, I came in on Cooper at my number eight, so uh, a couple spots lower than B. Um, a couple things kind of turn me off here on Cooper, and uh, he was actually one of the players that I was looking at in my rankings that I really wanted to rank high. Uh, I, I came into my rankings really wanting to put Cooper over Evans, DJ Moore, and I wanted to have him high, um, but I just couldn't do it. Uh, one of the things that I looked at was his target share, uh, which still hasn't gotten over 20% on Dallas. Uh, I like to see that closer to 25 um, on a lot of my top 10 receivers, um, and I think there's just a lot of mouse to feed that Mike McCarthy is going to pay attention to. Um, he did a lot of bad things to me in the last decade, um, <laughs> but some of the things he did was produce some really solid receivers, especially out of the slot. Um, I think with Gallup, I, I'm right on board with Kevin here, coming a few rounds later, had a really similar stat line. Um, I think Cooper here is way too similar to Gallup uh, to reach. Um, and then you also have to remember CeeDee Lamb is coming in to take that yeah. slot spot uh, from Randall Cobb. I think he's going to get utilized really well. Um he had some huge games last year, but he actually ended up finishing six games under 10 points, um, which is a huge turnoff for me. Um, so I see the ceiling. I definitely see his potential. Um, but there's some inconsistencies there with a lot of philosophy that I just don't like Cooper at six. Um, I have DJ Moore and Mike Evans over him, so I'm a couple spots low on him. That's where I'm at. All right. Um, so moving on, the podcast is at about 30 minutes right now, so we're going to try to speed things up a little bit. We don't want to ramble on. Um, coming at number seven, we have Mike Evans. B had him ranked at nine, Holes at eight, Tom at seven, and myself at eight. I only have much to say. Uh, Holes said he wants to comment on Mike Evans. Yeah, nothing crazy. Um, it's not going to be the exact same play for Brady to Godwin as it will be Evans. They're both going to get all the shares they can. Um, but since Evans started in the NFL in 2014, he's at a whole, uh, over 1,000 yards every single year. That's something to note and look at. Um, and I can... Just it's all very similar between him and Godwin. Not much to say, but uh, I can see him finishing in top twelve easily. I just uh, I have him the lowest at nine. I just think it's because of the quarterback situation uh, with Brady's uh, arm strength not being as as good as it was before. I think I uh, had something here. His yards uh, his yards per attempt have dropped in each of the last three seasons, dropping to six point six yards per attempt last year, which is just above Mitch Trubisky, uh, to put into perspective. Uh, Evans is a deep threat. I don't think he's going to get as many uh, looks from Brady. I think Godwin just takes over as the number one there, so that's why I have Evans a little lower. Yeah, I think I think uh, Brady is going to give Evans a little less opportunity there because he does definitely go off that deep ball. 
Um, but I mean, it's it's really it's hard for me to fade Brady still. I definitely think he's going to let it fly when he needs to. Um, I think people kind of overreact to Brady's ability to uh, throw the deep ball or lack thereof. Uh, I think people are acting like Brady is never going to let it fly in this offense. I think that's just not true, and he's definitely going to get uh, some of his shares. He's actually never had a season under a thousand yards, uh, so I think that Evans' floor, even though it can be ugly at times, that floor is still there. Um, so that's why I had him over guys like Cooper. Um, so I think Evans takes a little hit, but I still like him at seven. Okay, so moving on to number eight on our consensus, we had DJ Moore. B had him ranked at seven. Holes had him the lowest at 15. Tom had him at six, and I had him at seven. Um, I feel like Holes, with him having him ranked the lowest, should try to argue as to why you have him so low and other receivers. Um, DJ Moore, uh, his top 15, I don't think, is that bad for uh, for a wide receiver with all the receivers that we have in the NFL right now. Um, I just think the lack of quarterback skill, especially coming from Kyle Allen, um, didn't really give him like the limelight to show that much. Um, I don't really trust Teddy Bridgewater coming in uh, that much, being being a, a star, trying to give him all these opportunities. Um, but he will. He's going to be the main guy, obviously, beside behind Christian McCaffrey, who's going to be their main source of points. But in the air, it's going to be it's going to be him. But I don't see that being the main reason why I should have him a little higher. Dynasty reasons, yeah, he's young. He's, he could go to another team eventually. But right now, that's just where I have him due to lack of quarterback skill. And uh, yeah, did anybody have what he ranked last year in wide receiver for PPR? He was 18th. 18th. So do you think he's going to be worse than 18? Um, no, not 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 anymore. Mostly because he has shown that he has the ability to work with these types of quarterbacks. Um, I do think Teddy's definitely better than Kyle Allen, um, and that's all. It's all positive, positive from here out. But I just need to see how he plays out. Um, so I have him at seven. Um, one being the amount of targets he gets per game. Um, even with the shitty quarterbacks he had last year, he had. He had Cam Newton for a game or two, Kyle Allen for the majority of the season, and then Will Greer throwing the ball, who has a career rating of 33.2. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, so last year, if you remove week 16, because I believe uh, he was hurt that week, um, yeah, he was averaging 9.5 targets per, per game, which would put him at wide receiver 5 for average targets per game. So if he plays a, a full-game season next year, I could see him getting around 155 targets, uh, which is really good. Um, he's really productive in the passing game. Um, one thing I do want to note, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a great quarterback, but he is an improvement of, from Kyle Allen. My only concerns with DJ Moore is his touchdowns, red zone efficiency, and offensive line. He only had four in 2019. Um, I think he almost had five, but one, I think he was like half a yard short from getting five, um, cause he couldn't reach the freaking yeah, ball out. Yeah, <laughs> um, As for red zone targets, he had only 12 and only produced two touchdowns out of those. Uh, Curtis Samuel, the other wide receiver, actually had more red zone targets at 14, and he was able to pull down six touchdowns. Um, also, their O-line was ranked the fourth worst in pass protection with 58 sacks. So hopefully if their O-line um, can improve next year, and if Teddy Bridgewater and DJ Moore can get on the same page, I don't see as to why we can't have DJ Moore as a top-10 wide receiver. Yeah, I am, I'm fully on board with that. I had DJ Moore coming in at number six. Um that third-year spike that receivers see is real, and I think DJ Moore is just going to just hit that like a train. Um, I mean, you could argue that his breakout year was last year, um, but he just really struggled with terrible quarterback play. Um, per PFF, he saw 21 deep targets, but only six were catchable. He ended up catching all six, um, but that just shows you how much of his deep opportunity goes to waste. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a huge upgrade, unlike Kyle Allen in the quarterback room that hosted Carolina last year. Um, over seven games when Teddy was in New Orleans, he sustained Michael Thomas for 10 targets and 90 yards per game. Um, so, I mean, it's a pretty small sample size, but Teddy can sustain a wide receiver one, and I think DJ Moore is that guy. Um, he's seen his target share go up a couple percent from 21 to 24.3 in his sophomore season. He's ready to launch off of 25% in his third year. Um, and my final point on him is over the last seven games of 2019, um, the least amount of yards he had was 75. So I think that's uh, the floor that we're looking at. I think DJ Moore, 23, coming into my receiver six, he's just going to fly this year. I think having him at, at receiver 15 just 
criminally underrated. Um, that, but <laughs> I mean, we'll hold that one for our, our postseason discussion. Uh, we can put that on our on our billboard because that's that's nuts to me. DJ Moore is my guy. Receiver six. That's why it's a podcast. That's why it's a podcast. All right, it's a podcast, guys. So, um, moving on, we have Galladay at number nine. V had him at ten. Holes at twelve. Tom at eleven, and myself at nine. I had him the highest. Um, but I don't really have much to argue as to why I have him at nine. With, when he has a healthy Matthew Stafford, um, I think he could still finish as a top 10 wide receiver. Um, my only concern, well, it's not really a big concern. It's just Marvin Jones. He's not hes not like crazy good or anything. But um, I, I think Galladay really won't go off into that superstar status until Marvin Jones is either uh, traded or... Um, is uh, released in free agency or some somehow. Uh, but I don't really have much to say on Galladay. I kind of rambled on there. Yeah. Anybody else have a comment? Yeah, I, I'm not really worried about Marvin Jones. The only thing he really does is, is steal touchdowns, which is kind of frustrating. Yeah. But uh, with uh, Galladay was just a big play receiver last year, averaging 18.3 yards per reception, only behind A.J. Brown and Mike Williams. Um, he's had nearly 120 targets last two seasons. And then actually last year with, with Stafford in there, uh, he increased his yards per attempt from 6.8 to 8.6. In 2019, that's because he, he was looking at Galladay's way more, going to the deep ball more often. Um, Lions seem to be playing from behind every year, uh, and they really never establish a run game ever, so they're always a pass-heavy offense. Um, I expect great, great things from Galladay in 2020 and, and the years to follow. Yeah, I think Galladay is going to be a stud, um, but I, some things do worry me, especially his targets. Um, B touched a little bit about when Stafford doesn't play, his production goes down. Um, in half-point PPR, his stats went down by about four points per game um, when quarterbacks that weren't Matt Stafford were in the game. Um, but what really worries me is his targets. Um, he finished with such a great season with only 119 targets last year and 70 receptions. That's the lowest for a, for a receiver to finish top five in the last seven years. Um, so the targets are not there, which is something that makes me feel like he might regress a little bit. Um, and he had some minor inconsistencies in his points. He had five games over uh, over 15 points, 11, I'm sorry, five games over 115 yards, 11 games under 75 yards, and nothing between. Um, so he goes big or he goes little. Um, not liking the consistency, but I mean, I think Galladay has the athletic talent to be a stud. Just need to see those targets go up and see Matt Stafford play. All right. Um, so moving on, we got, uh, number 10, the legend Julio Jones. B has him at eight. Holes has him at nine. Tom actually has him the lowest at 16 and I have him at 13. Um, I feel like Tom, uh, should explain as to why he has him lower than all of us and out of his top 15. Did you have any? Yeah. Um, so Julio, to me, um, solid redraft pick, but I think that my guy, Kelvin Ridley, is about to take over in his third season in Atlanta. I think he's the next best thing in Atlanta in that passing offense. Um, But something that I'm just really afraid of is that 30-year falloff for receivers. Julio, at the ripe age of 31, um, I have seen players in my dynasty season last year, uh, a.k.a. David Johnson, that start to hit their 30s. Um, and then you end up from a player that was on the verge of being a superstar last season to uh, unable to trade away. He's taken up roster space, um, and he's fairly useless over the long term. I think Julio is about to hit that cliff really soon. Um, I love him in redraft, but I have him outside my top 15 in Dynasty. Um, I, I had Julio the highest because I still think he has a good amount in the tank to be worth a top 10 uh, receiver uh, for Dynasty this year. Um, he's had 1,400 yards in each of the last uh, six seasons since 2014 and uh, just about 150 targets, so he's just a target machine. Um, he has such a high floor with his receptions and his yardage, he, which puts him into the top five or ten every year. Uh, it's just his touchdown numbers that are really puzzling to me. I don't know how, why uh, Matt Ryan doesn't target him more in the red zone with him being that that huge, you know, prototypical red zone target. Um, I mean, maybe with uh, Julio, you know, losing some speed, not being as much of like a deep threat, maybe focus more in the red zone. He could be more get those touchdown numbers up. I think with him being under contract till twenty twenty three, he's still going to be around in Atlanta for a while. And Atlanta is the uh, passes 
has most pass plays in the in the, the league for the last couple of years. So I think he'll get a lot of uh, volume there in Atlanta. All right. Um, so moving on, we have a highly debatable one. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster at number 11. Oh B has him at 17 out of his top 15. Poles has him at 10. Tom at 14. And then I guess the spotlight's on me to argue as to why I have him at number 5. Um, the floor's yours. I know. Big Belly Ben is back. <laughs> And hopefully he's staying into the staying in the NFL until his contract ends, which is after the twenty twenty one season. Better hope um, so. I hope so. Um, Juju is healthy coming into twenty twenty twenty, um, and he's a wide receiver one in Pittsburgh for the first time in his career. He's also super young at twenty three. Um, he's a free agent in twenty twenty one, but the Steelers are projected to have twenty three million dollars in cap space for twenty twenty one. So I don't see as to why they would ever sign him. Um, He's a target machine, and the Steelers are a pass-heavy team with uh, Big Ben. In 2018, uh, Juju had 168 targets, which was one target behind Antonio Brown at 169 targets. So going into 2020, um, I project um, Juju to have no less than 150 targets. They have The Steelers have the 12th best O-line. Uh, in 2019, they had the 12th best O-line with 32 sacks given up. Keep in mind, they did have two gross QBs playing um, with uh, Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Um, duck. Yeah, duck. <laughs> duck! Duck! Um, many people could argue that Juju stinks, which I could get when you look at 2019, but you have to take into consideration he had a QB 30 and a QB 41 throwing him the ball the entire season, and he also missed four games. Um, uh, let's see. So he finished wide receiver 66 last year, which is bad, we know. Um, but I To just say think, the least. Yeah. <laughs> But I just think when he's healthy and uh, when he has Big Ben throwing him the ball, I see him as a wide receiver one for uh, fantasy picks. Does anybody else want to go off and argue as to why I have him at number five? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and throw Juju at five up on the uh, the insane board of today's takes, um, along with DJ Moore at fifteen. Past that. <laughs> um, I think that uh, Juju was fun while it lasted, but I think that we saw Juju's career best already. Um, when he had his breakout season uh, for 1,426 yards and seven touchdowns, Big Ben threw the ball the fourth most times in NFL history that season. Um, I think Big Ben, as he approaches his 40th birthday, is going to be able to do, <laughs> be able to do that over on a consistent basis less and less. Um, he's super contingent on Big Ben playing, like you said. When Big Ben doesn't play, he ends up as receiver 66. And even when they extrapolate his numbers over 16 games without the injury, he's putting up weak wide receiver two numbers at best. Um, so my big question is what happens when Big Ben gets closer to 40, he gets off the Steelers. I don't think Juju can produce the way that we once saw him. Uh, that long-term outlook is not there. I think he had a great season, but I do not see it in the long term. He's much lower than five for me. Holes had a comment. Yeah, um, obviously Juju's the number one receiver in that team. Now I'm not too worried about James Conner the way he's been performing. But the biggest thing, yes, Ben's back. The beard is gone. He's gonna be scary. <laughs> but Will Ferrell. Yeah, but um, what Ben's injury uh, coming from a medical background? Ben's injury. What it what what happened to him? Um, and being a quarterback, especially throwing with that arm, those injuries aren't invincible even with recovery. So the possibility of him being re-injured to that to that or to that again, or having it even throw him off due to just pain and things like that can affect him big time, which can also affect Juju. Like you guys said, without Ben, there really isn't much of Juju. Um, so that's the biggest thing about my concern there, which is why he's in ten. I also think that Antonio Brown um, did a lot more for Juju than people think. Um, when you had Antonio Brown on the field, there was no way around it. Um, you need to take probably two DBs um, on the outside to cover him. Um, Juju didn't have to worry about all that um, attention from the defense. I think things are going to be a lot different when he has all eyes on him on defense. Um, so I think that's going to affect his target share and receptions too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have no interest in Juju. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have um, Allen Robinson at number 12. Yeah. B has him at 11. Uh, holes at 13, Tom at 13, and then myself at 11. Did anybody want to argue as to why they have him? Yeah, uh, 
I love A-Rob, yes. and I just pray to God that the Chicago Bears can re-sign him. It would be probably the stupidest move they would ever make if they did not. Uh, he had a career high in both targets and receptions last year, and that's coming from uh, Mitch Trubisky, who had statistically a terrible season last year. I think if um, even if Mitch is a starter, he'll still put up those numbers. Mitch targets him so much, and then uh, but I expect Foles to take over the job there. I think Foles is a much better option there at uh, quarterback, and uh, A. Rob's just proved that he could put up these these monster numbers uh, with subpar quarterback play with in Jacksonville with Black Boodles, Blake Bortles, and then with Mitch in Chicago. Um, he's as sure-handed as it gets. He has uh, nearly the same drop percentage as DeAndre Hopkins, who is pretty much seen as one of the, the best sure-handed receivers in the league. Only uh, his drop DeAndre's drop percentage is 2.31, and A-Rob's is 2.34, so pretty much the same there. Um, so I ex- he's only 26 years old. I think A-Rob is here to stay. He's going to put up great fantasy numbers. Yeah. I also like A-Rob back in 2015 when he was MVP on the Jags, 14 touchdowns. Has not hit over seven since, though, so I think we, we can see A-Rob come up a little bit on the touchdowns. Question for you, B. Um, A-Rob came in at 98 receptions last year. That was his career high by 18. What's he looking like this year with the confused QB room in uh, Chicago, and how's that going to affect his output? Uh, I could see him still being at that 90-plus because the only real real competition for targets is Anthony Miller. I don't see Ted Ginn really uh, getting much uh, action there, and then Tariq Cohen really couldn't find a stride last year. Um, I just think Mitch, honestly, when he's behind there, uh, he looks straight at A-Rob the whole time and then passes the ball. So I think he's still going to get a lot of receptions, and he's uh, actually – helped Mitch so much with a lot of those bad passes he's brought down. I think A-Rob is, is good no matter who's the, the quarterback. I think it's going to be funny because I think I think Mitch is going to gonna start as a starting quarterback, um, and I think he's going to need a crush to keep him sustained in that offense. So I think that while Mitch still has the reins at quarterback in those early weeks or forever how long that goes, I think A-Rob is going to see really increased uh, production. It's going to be pretty interesting. All right, hold for one second. Okay. Um, um, so I guess um, what you were asking, B. Tom, about like the quarterback situation. Um, yeah, I can see Mitch starting, but if Foles does play, he uh, Mitch never really did throw that left side, and uh, Foles can he has that uh, ability to unlock the left side of the field, um, which could possibly take away from Arab and having Anthony Miller there would be that spot. But again, even like we said with Mitch only having Arab making those insane catches. Toe touches. Um, he's. I'm not really too worried about it, but Foles could switch that up a little bit. We don't know. We'll have to see. But he's still going to be the number one guy. I can see him finishing top ten. Again, um, if he even if he takes a slight dip, I can still see him getting top twelve. All right. Uh, moving on, we have number thirteen. We have Donkey Kong Metcalf. D has him at thirteen. Holes at seven. Tom uh, the lowest at fourteen, and then myself at or excuse me, Tom at fifteen, and myself at fourteen. Um, Holes, we'll let you uh, take the stage as to why you had him at seven. Um, I didn't really have too much to say about DK. It was just oh, because... you had him at seven, though. No. Okay, yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, Juju. Um, <laughs> um, the biggest thing is just because, yeah, he didn't have he didn't have a great point during the regular season, but near the end, he was starting to tear it up. Even in playoffs, he was a monster, and they were starting to showcase that. Um, and that doesn't just go away at the end of the season. Um, Russ is going to look to him. Possibly, arguably, as his number one receiver, sharing with Tyler Lockett. Um, but, yeah, he's young. He's a monster. He's huge. He's going to get those grabs in the air. And I don't have too many stats for him. But, I mean, it can all show up this year, and that's why I have him so high. I don't really have a comment on Donkey Kong. I just think when you're getting 100 targets from Russell Wilson in your rookie year, you're in a pretty good uh, position for success for years to come. Uh I think he's going to take over uh, Lockett's position as number one. I think they're they're going to be pretty equal in the, the amount of targets they see. He was only ten behind Lockett last year, but he averaged way more yards per reception. And uh, I just think Metcalf takes the next step and, and surpasses him this year. And he's only twenty two years old. Yeah, yeah, I'm on pace with that. Uh, like B mentioned, the targets are awesome, especially coming from Russ. 
Uh, that was like 20% of the targets, um, which, I mean, we can expect to go up to like 25. That'll bring him to around the 130 target mark, which is definitely sustainable for like a high-end receiver too. Um, so as a 22-year-old with high-end receiver two volume, um, that's just an awesome outlook. The only thing that scares me, though, is the Seahawks being so run-heavy. Right. Um, and they just lean so much on the run. They did pick up Philip Dorsett, which I don't think is going to be a huge impact. Um, but, I mean, if the Seahawks can learn to pass the ball, then I got DK way higher. Um, but he's in at my 15. I think he has a solid outlook for a solid athlete. Let Russ eat. Let Russ cook, dude. Oh, Let cook. Russ cook. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, we're getting towards the end here. We're at 14. We have... A.J. Brown. Uh, B has him at 12, Holes at 11, Tom at 12. Uh, myself, he was out on my 15, but I had him at 16. Uh, I don't really have much to say as to why I have him at 16. Just a small sample size. Uh, that's the only reason why I have him a little bit lower than you guys. He'll probably take the... Uh, okay, so he, he actually finished last year 15th in PPR, or half-point PPR scoring, um, and he really came on strong. Uh, after the bye that he had in week 10. Uh, after the bye, he averaged 19.2 points per game, which was second in the league. Um, the only thing is Tennessee is going to be running the ball a lot, but I think A.J. Brown, with his uh, deep play threat, he's uh, going to see a lot of targets from, from Tannehill, whatever that's worth. But uh, I think he's just a solid receiver, and he's young. So Yeah, yeah I'm fully on pace with that. I was going to make some comments, but B pretty much nailed it. Um, from, from his bye, he was just such an outstanding player. I think he's going to come into that sophomore season super strong. Um, I'd like to see him get a little more targets in the red zone. Um, but, I mean, for right now, this offense obviously runs through Derrick Henry. Um, we'll see if Henry gets that long-term extension um, or if he just stays on the franchise tag um, or what's going on with that. But, for now, it does run through him. I'd like to see um, Derrick Henry potentially leave, get that running through A.J. Brown. But I love him. He's my 12. Um, did a lot for me last year in Dynasty. So they just signed Henry, season. didn't they? Um, I can't remember. I thought I they tagged him. Or did they sign him? I can't remember. I think they franchise tagged him. I thought they, they gave him a four-year deal. They signed Tannehill, I thought. And then they, they tagged him. We'll go follow up I can't remember either. Yeah. yeah, we'll follow up on that. Boys. Right now. All right. Um, while B looks set up, we can move on to the last player in our top 15, which is OBJ. B has him at 14. Holes has him at 19. Tom has him the highest at 9, and then myself at 12. Um, Tom, did you want to open up as to why you have OBJ at number 9? Oh, well, B so just number just nine. to clarify, he did sign a four-year $50 billion deal. Okay. He will be a free agent in 2024. Okay, okay. so we did sign. All right, so that's Okay, so that um, that makes me a little, uh, a little more low on A.J. Brown then, if that offense is going to continue to run through Henry. Um, I mean, he's the prime target, but... You know, that's Derrick Henry's offense. He's going to continue yeah. to get 300 carries <laughs> a year. Yeah. All right, Tom, did you want to open up this to why yeah. OBJ? my boy OBJ that everyone is sleeping on so hard for no reason. Having him at 19 holes? Come on now. Mickey, I thought better of you too. OBJ, 27-year-old stud. It feels like he was worse for a lot longer than he actually was. True. Last year was pretty bad. But just look at the dude's career. He's been outside of receiver 15 one time in his career, which was last year. In 2014 to 2017, when he came into the league, he finished first, third, fifth, and third in terms of points per game. He was a, a legit receiver one no-brainer for, yeah. the, for the years of 2014 through 2018. Um, and then last year he comes in dealing with a new quarterback, a new offense, a core injury that he came out after the season that – he said he was dealing with uh, all year. He still got over 1,000 yards, but only four touchdowns, um, which can definitely climb. So I think we saw OBJ's worst year of his of the first yeah. 10 years in the yeah. league that yeah. he's going to play. Um, so I think his touchdowns come up, his yards come up, new offense in Stefanski, um, just true 27-year-old athlete, legit, can be wide receiver one for years to come. I'm predicting OBJ, 160 targets, 100 receptions this year. I think he's getting over 10 touchdowns to be a top-five receiver. Okay. Um, and I'll agree with you. It does seem like he's been bad for a lot longer. It's only one season. Um, my only issue is just Baker Mayfield. Um, they just haven't gotten that chemistry yet. Um, if I do draft OBJ, I'm basically drafting him as a wide receiver too, but with high optimism that him and Baker get on the same page and get yourself into that um, top-ten wide receiver uh, ranking. I believe uh, OBJ definitely has the 
potential to be a top five receiver this year. Um, not down in his talent or anything. Uh, his injuries do wor- worry me as he's been injury prone for the last three years. Um, but one thing I want to say is their new head coach, uh, being the former Vikings OC, Kevin Stefanski, uh, he loves using running backs. He uh, only passed the ball on 51% of plays, which was third to last last year with the Vikings. Um, I think this is trouble for OBJ as last year they kind of tried to force feed him. Uh, he did get 133 targets, but only brought down receptions on 55% of them, which is not too good there. Um, I think uh, Landry is definitely going to still see a lot of targets, and then the addition of Austin Hooper is going to eat into his targets as well. So I think his uh, his uh, efficiency, yeah. <laughs> efficiency. I think his efficiency has to. Uh, to be really high for him to have a, a great year with the, the opportunity he's going to get. Yeah, um, speaking about the taking away from his uh, possible throws and stuff like that, um, Kareem's also there too. Um, I can see them playing him in the backfield or as a slot as well. So I could also take away possibly a little bit. He also, OBJ also thought about retiring recently. Um, I feel like he wants to he wants to win and he's frustrated with Cleveland. So that can they're going to drive the team to throw to him more. Or we'll just see how that plays out. But, yeah, I'm not doubting his skill at all. Um, I just didn't have him in the top 15. And uh, I'll explain why in the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that would conclude our um, top 15 wide receivers. So next week we'll be doing our 16 to 30 wide receivers. Um, So to end this podcast, I feel like it would be good to do a keep, trade, cut segment um, from a dynasty um, point of view. Um, I think me and B are the only people that actually did some. Yeah, I have a couple. Okay. Tom, did you do any? No. Okay. I figured. You didn't ask me. Yeah, you said you didn't do any. Oh, well, they don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so B, did you want to open us up with your keep, trade, cut players, and then we'll go in a circle and we will get okay. our uh, stance. I'll start. My first one is, uh, for players we talked about today with the wide receivers, um, keep, trade, cut, A-Rob, OBJ, or and A.J. Brown. I'm sorry, say one more time. A-Rob, OBJ, and A.J. Brown. Uh, Tom, you want to go first? Um, I will go first. Um, so I'm going to keep OBJ. I think he has the highest ceiling for sure. Uh, I think he's the best receiver out of the three um, by a good margin. I think that A-Rob had a better season last year, but that's not going to continue. Um, so I'm keeping OBJ. I hate to tra- I hate to cut A-Rob, but I'm going to cut A-Rob and trade A.J. Brown because I think that A.J. Brown's value is peaked right now. Um, uh, I, I think you can easily get a first-round pick for A.J. Brown, um, potentially first-round plus um, for him, so I really like that value. Um, so I'm going to have to, unfortunately, cut A-Rob, who I, who I really like. Don't get me wrong. That's but, hard, man. But OBJ, best athlete. A.J. Brown, best value. Um, for me, I think I'm going to keep OBJ just because of that high optimism that he could still be that top five wide receiver. Um, I'm going to trade Allen Robinson um, based off the name. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are going to bite at the name of Allen Robinson and give a lot of value for Allen Robinson. Uh, I'm cutting A.J. Brown because I'm not super-duper high on A.J. Brown like Tom is, um, so that's my reasoning as to why I'm cutting him. Um, I think I'm going to obviously yeah. I'm gonna keep uh, Odell. Um, you guys explained enough already about him. Uh, there's no other reason for me to explain. Um, I'm going to trade um, Allen Robinson, and I'm cutting... AJ Brown, I'm trading Allen because there we go again, first name basis. Um, trading Robinson because uh, he averages decent points every single game, and those guys who may have a bust wide receiver two or a flex, um, or maybe look for someone like that, and you can possibly get some value out of that. And AJ, he's right there with A Rob, but I would I prefer A Rob over AJ. Um, I actually am going to be the only one that's not keeping OBJ. I'm actually going to cut OBJ just for the reasons I said with the scheme there in in, yeah. in Cleveland. Uh, I just don't see it really uh, working out there as uh, to who I would keep. I'm going to keep Allen Robinson, and I'm going to trade A.J. Brown. All right. Um, 
So I guess we'll move on to my uh, keep trade cut. So I have Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, and Stephon Diggs. Okay. Um, we'll start off with, we'll go holes first this time. Who are you keeping, who are you trading, and who are you cutting? So Thielen, Diggs, and who? It's Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, and Stephon Diggs. All right. I think I'm going to keep Diggs. I'm going to keep Diggs. Trade Thielen. And, yeah, I'm going to cut. Who? Who was that? Keenan Allen. Oh, Keenan. That's uh, how forgetful he is right there. Uh, there you go. Cutting Keenan uh, Allen. Um, just cutting Keenan Allen because <laughs> he doesn't produce as much as you want him to. And you know, <laughs> What? <laughs> he was pretty good last year. I mean, he did okay last year. He was injured. Yeah, I mean, he's also injured. Prone. He <laughs> it's is. not because he's a rookie quarterback and Tyrod Taylor's throwing the ball. I mean, Tyrod Taylor's going to be. Well, he also, there was also a lot of Austin Eckler in that backfield doing a lot of work. Um, yeah, he's oh, the biggest reason why I'm cutting him. What did you right. say? Never mind. I thought you were talking about Thielen. No, I'm not talking about Thielen. Okay. All right, Dean. Uh, I really don't like any of these players, uh, but I am going. I I'm going to uh, cut Thielen. I oh, really? I think <laughs> no. I'm actually going to cut. Um, I'm going to cut Diggs, really? and then I'm going to keep Thielen and trade Allen because I think Allen probably has the highest, uh, the most stock in him right now. But really, not a fan of either of these guys. I agree. Um, I think I think the only one that I'm sure about is that I'm going to cut Diggs. Um, I I don't think that I trust Josh Allen to uh, hit the side of a barn uh, with most of his passes. Um, so I'm not a huge fan about or of Diggs going to Buffalo. Um, Keenan Allen and Thielen is hard for me, like most others have said. I'm not a huge fan of either. Um, I'm probably keeping Keenan Allen for the uh, sake of his ceiling. Um, I know he's pretty injury prone, but we've definitely seen Keenan Allen uh, can produce a top five receiver season. Um, I feel like Thielen, though, is kind of a silent producer. I think he can pull out a decent season, um, but I'm going to have to let him go, keep my ceiling in Keenan Allen, and then cut digs without thinking about it. Um, I'm definitely keeping Adam Thielen. That's the only one I'm certain about. Um, After hearing you guys, I think I'm going to... Cut Diggs and then trade Keenan Allen just based off the name because of what he was able to do last year and years prior. Um, I think you get some decent value out of him. Uh, do you have another one? I have one more here, and it's for players we didn't talk about today. Uh, kind of like players that had their breakout year or rookie year last year between DJ Chark, Devontae Parker, and Cortland Sutton. Parker Sutton. Okay, I like it. Um, I think that I actually like all three players. Mm-hmm. I think they're all pretty intriguing. Um, hmm. But I think I'm going to keep Sutton, trade Shark, and cut Parker. Um, I think that Shark has a lot of stock in him right now, and I think that his value is really high. Um, he's actually on one of my dynasty teams, um, and I think that uh, I'm looking to trade him right now um, with his high value. I'm not 100% sure how that offense in uh, in Jacksonville is going to play out. Yeah. I, I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm a little more confident in Minshew than I think the average, but uh, I, I, I think Shark is a little overrated coming into this season. Um, so I'm going to trade him for his value. Um, and then Sutton, I think, is a great prospect. Um, he's going to get a huge amount of targets. I think he's going to be the face of that receiving core, so I like him. And uh, Parker, got to do a little more research on, honestly. Um, I am confident that he's going to have uh, a good season from the small things I've been reading, but not too much to back up the decision. Um, and actually, you know, follow what Tom said. I'm going to uh, do the exact same thing. I'm keeping Sutton. I think he's actually a pretty talented receiver with Drew Locke. Um, I am 100% cutting Devontae Parker. I hate Devontae Parker. He's on my shit list of a receiver. I think his his production just went off the last final games of the season. I think he's overrated, overhyped. 
Um, and then I'm trading Chark because um, I think he is still a good receiver, but he just has to get out of Jacksonville um, to, to take it to the next level. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to keep Sutton. I think I'm going to trade. I don't know. I think I'm trading Chark, and I'm going to. I like Parker. I like to go into Parker a lot. Um, but I have to cut him out of these three. Like, every, it's, yeah, it's like beating a dead horse, but Chark is. He has a lot of value. He's a good, he's a good player. He, he showed out a little bit on a very shit team. Um, and like you guys said, Sutton, great player. He's going to do a lot of things. So that's pretty obvious for me there. Okay, I am actually going to keep uh, Chark. I'm going to trade Parker, and I'm going to cut Sutton. I just don't know what I'm getting with Drew Locke in Denver. I don't expect their offense to be really good. Um, I think Parker's... Value is going to be as high as it is right now with the the end of the season that he had last year, finishing as the wide receiver seven throughout the, the year. And then DJ Chark, I just think, is a pretty solid uh, receiver to keep. All right. Um, you guys want to do one more? You guys want to do the podcast today? I think that we should make um, we should make some predictions right now that we can look back on after the season. Uh, player prediction or team prediction? I was thinking that right now we predict one player out of our consensus 15 okay. um, that we think is going to finish the worst. The worst. The worst. Yeah. Okay, so um, I guess I could go first because I have the whole list right here in front of me. Um, the worst. Um, damn, that's tough. That is hard. I know. I'm looking. Um, I can, well, you think about I'm just going to. It's pretty easy. I'm just going to go. I know B's going to Juju. I know that. He's 17, obviously. Um, for next season, I'm thinking I'm going to go A.J. Brown. Uh, I was thinking about A.J. Well, Brown. Brown. Another option. I was thinking about A.J. Brown. Um, DK stand where he's at, so you can chill on that. Um, but I'm definitely going to go with Juju, I think. Um, just because of what I said about Ben and reliability with his injury. That's the biggest thing. I'm also going with Juju. I think he's got an outside the top 15 performance. <laughs> Bring it on, baby. Yeah, also going Juju here. He's just got to prove that he can do it without AB. <laughs> Juju B's, baby. Let's go. He's got to see the season. He's got to see the season goes. Fucking Beer Belly, Ben Roethlisberger is hey. probably going to get a hurt at some point, and he's going to be in the same position as last year. He's got to see how the season goes, I think. <laughs> biggest one there. Uh, any other predictions? Or should we conclude the podcast for the night? I think we're good. Think we're good. See you boys next week. The yeah. boys better be ready with their Calvin Ridley uh, evidence because I'm coming in hot. Right. My consens- or my receiver 10 was not mentioned today um, because you fools have him ranked way too low, but we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, DJ's moving up for me eventually in postseason. You guys will see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, Juju. All right, uh, so next week we'll be doing 16 to 30 for the wide receiver rankings, and Tom is going to be taking lead on that episode. All right, check you guys out later. See ya. Oh, draft um, <laughs> August 24th. Keep listening, keep listening. Yeah. Draft August 24th, 7 p.m. Monday. Be there your or house. you're banned from the league. Wait, where are we going? Your house? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> TBD. Can't wait right. to see noodles. All right, guys. Thanks All right. for joining. See you guys next week. Bye.